Hello, and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we discuss entertainment news and review movies, trailers, and TV shows. In today's episode, we will be looking at Disney Plus's TV series, The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. My name is Emmett, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and jack-of-all-trades, Ivan. trades and master of none unfortunately <laughs> that's how it goes right i feel like I'm, i might be butchering that phrase. there is more to the saying but people uh people always like leave off the tail end of it which is like the true meaning of it <laughs> which is funny because like anytime you're like applying for like a, a startup tech company it's always like we need you to be you, you'll be the jack of all trades i'm like uh <laughs> It's not as enticing as it used to sound. Or maybe it's just because I'm getting older and cynical. But I, I would call you a, a jack of all trades. I feel like you, you do a lot of, you have a lot of knowledge. I got a lot of useless knowledge. <laughs> I That was the nice, that's the mean way of saying what I wanted to say. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can name most creatures in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I don't know when you're going to use that other than this podcast. So uh, well, congrats, though, for for learning that. But look, 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 if we're ever in a Star Wars trivia competition kind of thing, I'm your guy. I got you. Well, welcome back to another episode, Ivan. Great to be here. It's such an honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this show. <laughs> let's, let's talk let, before we get into Boba. Let's talk uh, quick news points. Uh, a few things happened this week. The first one, highly anticipated movie, The Batman, got a PG-13 rating. Did you see that? I did see that. I was actually yeah, watching it? TMZ's report of Pete Davidson dating Kim Kardashian right when I got the <laughs> alert that Batman will be PG-13. I, I feel like, is that going to ruin the movie? The I think trailer it will made it look like a Kim. It, God, move on. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a Kanye. Just move on. Um, do I think it's going to ruin it? No, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I was under the impression they were going for a hard like R rating here. It looked like such a like Street Fighter movie, and I feel like they have to be more tamed with like the blood restrictions and the the violence, right? I don't think we've ever gotten a oh no no I'm lying because Suicide Squad was technically rated R the latest one I believe it was actually you know what let me check that out because I'm pretty sure well that's a great point R rating doesn't mean that it's necessarily a better quality then. <laughs> So great, great point there. It was rated R, um, the latest Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there are certain liberties that come with the R rating that I feel like this probably would have been the best Batman iteration to, to push that envelope a bit. But I mean, it just I, doesn't fit what the theme looked like from the trailers. So that was more surprising. Yeah, that's true. That's true because like this get. You know, between the design of the Riddler, the dialogue that we've seen intercut in the trailer, it was giving me like um, old, like kind of thriller, but horror film vibe off of it. Like, I know they were going for like gangster flick kind of feel as well with like Penguin and all that. But it did seem like this was going to be DC's opportunity to kind of let loose in the Batman universe. Yeah, it could have been like, you know, the Dark Knight level of intensity, but it seemed like they were going for more violence on top of that. So it's interesting to see this rating. And, and I mean, we're obviously still going to go see it, but I'm just a little bit more concerned now. Maybe that helps hedge some expectations. Maybe, but you did bring up Dark Knight, and that was PG-13 also. So I feel like they've been able to do a really, really good movie here. Like, But, you know, yeah. I, 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 but the I anticipation wish... for that one wasn't the same thing. True. I feel like expectations were a little bit down because like Batman Begins was well received, but it wasn't quite this. Right. This is, I guess, the freshman entry into into this next franchise. So, right. It's also hard because I feel like this would have like an R rating would have distinguished it from the rest of the DCEU because I feel like, yeah, there's so many things coming from DC and I just don't know which one of them I'm interested in uh, besides Batman, because I feel like anything Batman usually is a sell on its own. Uh, but there, there's been a lot of DC news lately, and I feel like this one 
you know, I'm I'm most looking forward to the Batman, and then beyond that, I'm not quite sure where else also, to, get it to. Also, just you know, looking at other ratings as well, 2019's Joker movie was R, and that one was obviously really well received, not just like by fans, but award as well, uh, awards as well. So it just it just creates that difference of what you're expecting after seeing a trailer. Do you think they're going to tie in the Joker to this version of the Batman, though? You know how, like, there was those rumors back in the day that we may see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker tie into this somehow? I have, yeah, I have no idea what they're, what they're doing there. I feel like they, they don't know. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) I feel like they're just making these things, and then if they decide, like, oh, maybe we can just tie it all together with another movie. Yeah, well... On the subject of DC News, if I can expand their section by one here real quick. The Flash um, has started... Well, I think it's wrapped up production at this point. Um, But there's been a lot of... And I'd like to get your opinion on this because I feel like, you know, I've viewed a lot of this back and forth uh, for a couple of months now. But, you know, we, we both saw and had a pretty good reception on Zack Snyder's Justice League cut from last year. Four hour movie. We thought overall it was actually pretty good. A lot, like I think miles better than what we got theatrically from Joss Whedon. But um, one of the big pinpoints of that is the, you know, Zack Snyder's vision brought us to DCEU as we knew it from the start, right? Um, Ever since the failure of Justice League from Joss Whedon in the movie theater, we've pivoted away from a DCEU uh, and have been kind of getting a DC that, as you said, kind of feels like they don't know where, where they're going, right? Um, well, anyway, one of the big things, big takeaways is fans have been pleading for Warner Brothers to give us more Ben Affleck as Batman and Henry Cavill as Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the bits of news that we got recently was that the Flash, the upcoming Flash movie, uh, I think it's called Flashpoint, is supposed to get rid of Zack Snyder's DC EU established universe. Uh, because we have Michael Keaton coming in to play Bruce Wayne Batman, but you're also having Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, we've seen Marvel kind of do this, right, with variants and all that and kind of explain away their things. I think this is DC's entry into the multiverse concept. But to me, like, I don't know. I feel like I would have rather they stick with Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to speculate, you know, to what they're going to do here but according to sources or news sites um nothing like internal on my end but i'm just saying like from the stuff that's been coming out uh they keep saying that at the end of this ben affleck's time as batman will come to a close and um we'll see michael keaton as batman carry on that role which i honestly think it's a mistake i thought i saw a quote from ben affleck that he never wants to play batman again because of like how sloppy and how disjointed it, his experience has been. Yeah, that's kind of been taken a little bit out of context. Because I think what because I read the article where he was being interviewed, and he basically was just saying that one of the reasons why he stepped away from the role is because he felt like he had a really rough time. But he tied it back to like the family issues and personal issues he was going to going through. Uh, but then on top of that, to make matters worse, he thought that the you know, pushing Zack Snyder off of the project is right. what kind of pivoted his um his view. His interest, it. yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, like I, I don't know. I really liked him as Batman. I thought he worked. I thought Henry Cavill worked, but if if this if the news sources are true, after the flash, there's no more Ben Affleck in the DC universe and there's no more Henry Cavill as Superman. Um instead we will get Superman replaced by Supergirl and we'll get a a little bit more aged up Batman through Michael Keaton's iteration of the character. Um, I'm looking at the cast. It looks like there's two guys playing Henry Allen as well. The Flash? Yeah. Uh, Barry Allen, the Flash, his I father. I know there's, there's supposed there's to be two, two actors of the Flash. listed for it. So are, they must be doing some sort of like parallel universe uh, plot line, which is like, I guess that's fine. The the thing with me with like DC is like I I haven't really been a fan of their stuff, and it's not because I don't like the heroes at all. It's it's just what they choose to put on screen, and I just feel like I don't know. 
I'd be fine if you just do these independent movies that aren't connected to each other. Just state that and then just make them. You don't have to create like phases one through four, just like Marvel. True. I would have wished they'd stuck with the DCEU formula, though, because I feel like once you establish Zack Snyder's universe, like there should have been some continuation there. But I just feel like they just they gave, they gave like, up. That's like a boat with a hole in it. It's like you don't have to stay on that boat. You can just <laughs> like it wasn't a good uh, extended universe. Like I'm fine with them abandoning ship, but then it's like you know pick another ship. You don't have to just like tread water. Yeah, it just it to me the kind of a labored metaphor, but <laughs> it it feels like they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. You know, like it just there, there's no plan. There's no like. You know, there's not there's no blueprint in place where I feel like Marvel, it seems like even if they're kind of winging it along the way, it never feels that way with Marvel. It always feels a little bit more cohesive and I guess natural. And I mean, they have cool actor like actor list, too. It's like. It's not your cast. It's just like your plot and your attempt at like lazily connecting movies. I think it's the yeah, it's the talent that they get behind the scenes, because I feel like. You know, we talked about this before, but like the Justice League cut of Zack Snyder, I thought it worked really well. But at four hours, it made sense to put it on a streaming service instead of butchering it to try to make it fit like the movie theater um, right. setup. Because well, that, that one could have benefited from like a part one, part two. But the three-hour cut of Batman versus Superman redeems that movie for me as well. Like I feel no. like that's a completely different movie than the one we got in theaters. But again, it's it's such a long format that, yeah, either divide it into two movies and focus in on each one, or it's just a different platform that you really need to get into. I don't want to talk Justice League anymore, but <laughs> we do have to talk one more piece on on, on DC. Have you started watching away. the Peacemaker show on HBO? Um, Sorry, I have HBO. it. I have it queued up. I haven't. Um, I haven't actually watched it. Um, I'll be honest, I've been dragging my feet to it because like I, I, I enjoyed the last Suicide Squad movie, but I didn't think it was like the best thing ever. You got what I mean? Like, I feel like I enjoyed certain key moments of it. I liked the wacky zaniness of it at times. And then, yeah, no, it, it was awful. Peacemaker was an OK character played by John Cena. But I don't know if his you know portrayal or his role in that really warranted a, a spinoff show, a solo show. Um, and this isn't a spoiler, but I thought it was going to be like his origin story, but they like let him survive that fight and they continue on his story, which makes yeah. no sense because he got shot in the head like, and then buried under a building. And they just like you, you'll watch like when you see it, when you watch, like you'll see their way of explaining it away, which like makes no sense. But also just like it wasn't I'm not a fan of it. I watched the first episode and like 15 minutes in, I knew I wasn't liking it. But unfortunately, it was like a 45 minute episode. So I was like, I'll keep giving it time and like maybe it gets better. But no. And I, I kind of think I'm just not a James Gunn fan. You did like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? OK, but like one good thing on your resume doesn't mean you're like <laughs> you've done, like you're good enough to be like, oh, yeah, he's a great director. Like. He basically repeated the success formula for Guardians 2 without like evolving it at all. That is true. And then look at the rest of his list. Like there's nothing else on there that I really enjoy or even like recognize. Yeah, I think for the stuff that he's directed, Guardians of the Galaxy One, I think, is is the 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 key like crown jewel of his resume. Yeah. Um, I liked the um trying to remember what that i think it was was it movie 43 that was uh he had a like a little bit of a segment on there i thought that was really cool he did um god what's it called he did a series of tv shorts a couple years well not a couple years ago it's been more than a decade at this point but um he's done stuff that's kind of been like one-off but more than that i feel like he has this almost like really weird repetition of kind of scripting the same thing over and over um which you know again i'm not i'm not saying that doesn't work right but i feel like over in the marvel universe kevin feige kind of knows to play up to his talent strength and kind of rein in anything that's a little bit too loose 
and I feel like over at Warner Brothers, you get one or the other. You either get micromanaged into fitting what the producers want, or they give you a free range. And I think in James Gunn's case, when you give him the freedom to do what he wants to do, you just come up with something that's a little too wacky for, uh, you know, for core audiences. I feel like it's yeah. just kind of not connecting with everybody. Well, they also do like, and I saw him quoted on the like on his uh, his intro into Peacemaker. They have this like intro song and like dance number, which is like so cringy. And he was specifically like quoted saying like, yeah, I wanted to just make it like really wacky. And I also just wanted it to be like, you can't skip it either. Like I wanted to get away from that on streaming platforms. And it's like, this should never have been made and needs a skip button. <laughs> I think his his style fits characters that are meant to be that way, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like that was always their vibe. Which but, also is like, John Cena is not somebody who's that great of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great like secondary or supporting character. I feel like he, he always plays great supporting characters. Uh, but yeah, just, you're right. It's his face. He's too serious. Like when he's trying to tell a joke and like if you're in this show, it's supposed to be this like clearly ironic, like funny show. But he's not that he's not the guy to bring it to to life. He's a big showman, you know, just coming from the wrestling background. So, again, I feel like they're just not playing to his strengths, which they do over at Marvel. Like we have Batista, who also like not the strongest actor. But they use utilize him well just because they know what his strengths are, right? Um, but he's also got, not the main guy there, and that's probably right. why it works. Right. I, I'm pretty sure if we got like a Drax spinoff Disney Plus show, it just wouldn't be the best thing. Yeah. On, you know, on the platform. Which kind of has me nervous for the Rock's uh, Black Adam. But see, the Rock, I think, it has more of potential of leading man material, so long as you give him a great supporting cast. Yeah, Rampage was great. His his supporting cast and that was amazing. Oh, I I loved I loved <laughs> Rampage himself. <laughs> Oscar winning performance right the, there. The giant gorilla, yeah. I mean, those two on screen. And the wolf stuff. The giant wolf that he was fighting. <laughs> amazing. Or San Andreas, the the supporting cast of a uh, fault line. Yeah. I the fault really line good, was beautifully really good performed. Stuff. I I I can't believe they didn't even nominate it for like, an Oscar just for that. Like. Uh, which like i'm joking obviously (laughs) but he is a better actor still than john cena so i'm sure it'll be fine but it's just like yeah this show doesn't work for me yeah but with that (laughs) let us pivot to the last round of news yeah this kind of we're recording this a little bit later um scheduling conflicts uh so we we have the privilege of hearing rumors about some Doctor Strange multiverse of madness rumors. Uh-oh. Uh, did you hear? There's one in particular, but that, there might be more. I, I heard about a Fantastic Four member potentially being in there. There's a lot of stuff that I feel like I might be privy to <laughs> that I shouldn't talk about. But... Spill the tea. <laughs> what do you got? Should I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so there's, you know, I think this is this is public knowledge, but it's going through reshoots, the, the Doctor Strange um, and Multiverse of Madness shoot. And there's been a lot of rumors I've seen, like, YouTubers talk about, like, oh, it's because they showed it to um, insider po- folks and it wasn't testing well. I'll get that out of the way and just say that that's not Marvel's uh, protocol. They don't, they don't screen it to employees um, to prevent leaks. Uh, the reason for the reshoots is to add more cameos from different characters. And I'm not talking about MCU characters. Um, they're going down the route, almost like I think as in response to the um, success of Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, but this movie will give us variants of characters that we've seen in the MCU. And it will give us characters that we've seen in other Marvel movies outside of the MCU. I feel like I should probably stop there for that because <laughs> then we should probably just talk about the next bit here. But um, I think in particular, what you, you know, what, what we're what we've seen more recently is the rumor that 
a certain member of the Fantastic Four has already been cast. Oh my God, just get to it. It's John Krasinski. <laughs> it is John Krasinski. And he's playing Jim Halpert. <laughs> no, he's, he's playing Mr. Fantastic, uh, according to reports. Yeah, that's the one I heard. I, I feel like I've seen a bunch of other ones, but I can't tell what's like a joke on Twitter and what's real. Have you heard of like any other concrete ones or? Yes. So there will be a big action sequence between um, the Scarlet Witch and a Fox uh, X-Men character. There will be they, they I, I've heard. I don't know if this is necessarily set in stone. Who could but keep we, up with Scarlet Witch, though? Uh, there's two characters that could potentially... probably her dad, right? Magneto. Uh, that or well, there's two that I know are probably going to be coming through. One of them would be um, Professor X. It makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other character I could think of too that would make sense here would be um, the Dark Phoenix. Which in that case, I'm like, which version? The one from oh you know, boy, that's dangerous. Yeah, is it Sophie Turner's version of the Dark Phoenix or is it um, you know? Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would make sense, right? Because it's more on public. Um, like the public has kind of seen that as a fresher take, I guess. But um, if this is the way that they'll introduce the X Men and we get this some of the, the X Men here, then you know, I don't know. But John Krasinski, I'd, I'd be psyched if he if he is on board to play Mister Fantastic. I like it, but I also don't like it at the same time. I don't I don't like the culture that we're promoting of like crybaby Twitter, where they want something and they they get it just because the studios need to make sure they're all happy. Like just live in a world where you're not getting that fantastic four. It's fine. (laughs) Well, the funny thing though, is that both John Krasinski and Emily Blunt have been in talks with Marvel to, to play different characters over the years and they've declined a lot of them. Um, So I I think this is one of those cases where because this kind of got mentioned in an interview a couple years ago, people have then taken it on and been like, oh, yeah, we got to get them on as as these characters. But I'm curious because I feel like, you know, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, they have a pretty young family. Right. And these Marvel commitments are like years long. I would imagine that if John Krasinski is on board, Emily Blunt is not too far behind. Yeah, I just like this fan casting is just so annoying. That it gets rewarded. I don't know if it, if that's... I don't know if I would count that as fan casting getting rewarded for this, though. All right. I've been blaming the fans, then. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, I don't... I, and I think this is public knowledge, but, like, John Krasinski has been talked to several times about different roles. Um, you know, who who else has been under that same kind of spotlight there? They've, they've also had... Um, what's his name? Keanu Reeves has been approached several times by Marvel to play different characters. At one point, they had pitched uh, Ego the Living Planet to him, and he tur- he's like turned it down. So like I feel like it's only kind of- John Krasinski is one of those um, folks is just kind of a matter of time before Marvel snatches him up, and it just so happens to fit here, you know. There, there's only one Mister Fantastic that I would agree with, and that's Miles Teller, <laughs> <laughs> the most out of place Mister Fantastic. Where did he go? Does he still is he still active? Like I feel like I haven't I seen him. In he got some sort of like cancel culture type thing, right? Ooh. And he just disappeared. Maybe I'm totally off on that. It might be confusing him for uh, Ansel. What's his name? Ancelot. Lancelot. An- Ansel Elgort. <laughs> Elgort. Elgort. Al Gore got canceled. Yeah. Al- <laughs> The inconvenient truth became the inconvenient cancellation of <laughs> Let's not get political on this pod, Ivan. All right, come on. <laughs> I can't keep up with that stuff. I don't know if he got if Miles Teller got canceled. I haven't heard of it if he if he did. I know he was hanging out with Aaron Rodgers last summer, so maybe that was it. That's enough to get anybody canceled. Oh, right. <laughs> Immediately. You know what? I'm canceling him right now if he hasn't been canceled. Yeah. Let, let's move on, though, unless you got any other news. No, let's get into political news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets. Taking it to the streets of streets. Mos Espa. Yes, we, we, and we did see quite a bit of the streets of Mos Espa. In this. A lot of U's. Yes, <laughs> we got it in a very slow pace, but we did get to see those streets. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give your spoiler-free general thoughts? Even though we're, this is going to air well past spoilers, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I 
I enjoyed this episode, but I got to say that this was probably the weakest <laughs> out of the three episodes we've gotten so far. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the, you know, further building up on, on background story here. Uh, I think that it's doing a pretty good job of continuing to flesh everything out. Um, to me, this is as close to a filler episode as I think we can get, which, mm. um, you know, in that in that sense, I'm a little disappointed by the episode, but it had its moments where I thought that I thought worked really well. Uh, the one of the action sequences here I thought was really, really cool. The only action sequence? There were two. There were like two. There were, there were two. <laughs> there were two. <laughs> um, there were a few surprise like celebrity cameos that I thought. Well, there was one celebrity cameo actually that I thought would annoy me, but I actually really kind of dug. Um, but yeah, like the one thing I will say as a well, we'll get into the spoiler section. And I'll talk about my negatives on this uh, episode. But... So give us the one spoiler then that, <laughs> that you're about to say. <laughs> Mm, no, I'll save it for the save spoilers. It. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. I, overall, I thought it was okay. I thought was, this was the weakest one out of the bunch so far. Um, and I just I hope that next week kind of picks up the pace a little bit and just gives us uh, more of what we saw with episode one and two. Yeah, I agree that this is the weakest of the three so far. But I'll take it a step further and say that it's kind of a disappointment. I mean, we only get seven episodes of this show, and this one goes back to this short. Uh, template of like what it was like 30 35 minutes long. This is like when you're playing Mario Kart and you get hit with the blue shell, and you're right, you, when, you're yeah, at, right when you're right across the line, or you, yeah. you just get in first place. You were yeah. at first place, and now you're back to seventh, and you gotta yeah, figure out a way to get back. It It's kind of a disappointment, and like I get what we're doing here where we're trying to, uh, you know, create a brand new plot line that it, it can be totally like on its own it doesn't have to match into like mandalorian anymore so you have like a lot of freedom to go in any direction you want and i get that they're trying to do this like minimal action and much more of like a political thr thriller of like what are the motivations between behind all the characters and who's telling the truth who's lying but it's just like i don't know you got the the coolest bounty hunter in the history of of uh star wars and he, he's so weak and just not being used that well is it just me or does it feel like nobody knows who boba fett is in this universe it's like they recognize the helmet but nobody respects or cares right which is kind of the, the opposite that we were you or we've been fed i guess <laughs> well it's also like uh in the mandalorian show Pedro Pascal's character walks around and it's like immediately gets respect if he walks into a bar. Boba Fett walks in and everyone like looks over his way and then goes back to their drinks. Like it's just the difference of this plot and it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably move into the spoiler section because I feel like there's a lot to talk about <laughs> on, the, on the, uh, the things that kind of disappointed us here. Yeah. So, um, First off, oh, I do want to give you... This is spoilers now, so turn off the pod if you want. But uh, first off, I got to give you your props, you know? You, you predicted that really well with the Tuscan tragedy. I did. I'm patting myself on the back right now. But I, I, <laughs> I didn't expect it to go that quickly, and that almost, like, you know, kind of... This, like, they, they got murdered off screen. Yeah, that was... That's, that's also what I don't get, is, like... I don't know, you could commit another five minutes into the into the plot line or into the into the show, make it a 40 minute episode, make some more people happy that way. But he just comes back to the camp after trying to like go talk to the Pikes and they're all just dead. I feel like I would be a little bit more content because I think pacing wise, the show suffering a bit in this episode. If they would have reduced this down to like three or four episodes for the for the season, but at least keep up the pace week after week, you know. Um, it's, yeah, it's the flip flopping, which is so annoying. Th that whole so, I, and I guess we should we could probably just like get through the, um, the uh, flashback sequence here because like, like they they're literally done with it. And I know I I said that last in the last episode. I'm like I hope they get through with it. <laughs> and episode I, I three, I think there will be one more. 
I, I hope so, because <laughs> this was a bit lackluster. Like, I, you know, Boba Fett essentially goes, tries to collect the uh, tribute from the Pikes, um, gets to the Pikes, gets told that the Nikto gang that was um, the biker gang that he stole bikes from you know, a few episodes ago are the ones that already claimed the territory, so they're paying them, so the Pikes don't want to pay two tributes. He's like, Which all right, fair. I'll take care of it. Yeah, that's fair. But then this guy rides back to his camp on the Bantha, only to find everybody destroyed with the spray-painted sign of, like, the, the the Nikto gang there. So, you know, the only thing that I can kind of jump to an assumption here, if I'm trying to, like, get into, like, a writer's mentality here, maybe this is, like, a red herring, and he's being led to believe that it was the Spiker gang, when in reality it was the Pikes that got rid of the, the Tuscans. But, again, it's just speculation, because they didn't really do enough to really, you know... I guess reel me in a little bit more there. Yeah, I could see that. I don't want to go against the the hot hand of your guessing here, but <laughs> I feel like it's not going to be that. Um, it's not going to be that many back, back and forth of uh, like cover up storylines. I feel like it is going to be those bikers, and either I I think. The like what's gonna happen is the it's either between him uh, between Boba like you know getting revenge in the flashback or uh, not getting his revenge and needs to like that ties into the current plot line. I don't think it's gonna be he finds out it was the Pikes and not them. I don't know. I I have a strong feeling that the Pikes are gonna be the big carrier or like the precursor to who the real conflict is going to be unless the pikes are trying to like eliminate all of the other gangs on tatooine i think that's exactly what they're trying to do here because like if they're transporting spice you know through the dune sea of tatooine then are they mining for spice in tatooine is that why they want it yeah that doesn't make sense either it's like where did that get shipped in from off world and then now they have to ship it across the planet I would assume that somewhere in Tatooine there's a spice mine because that that's what they they specialize in the universe. Like, like right. we saw in Rebels and in Solo that the the Pikes run Kessel, which is where they send slaves to mine for uh, for the spice. Uh, so is Tatooine that? Because that kind of changes a lot of things in the perception of Tatooine. Because just because you know from Luke's perspective, Tatooine was kind of like a no like a nowhere land kind of place. You know, it didn't have value. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess actually that would make more sense for the Pikes to be more behind it because of some of the reveals at the end of this episode. Um, so maybe it is them trying to turn the biker gang against the Tuscans and vice versa so that if your two enemies are distracted fighting each other, you can kind of get away with more stuff. There's some, um, and you touched on this before, but the level of disrespect that Boba's putting up with this. It's kind of starting to annoy me. <laughs> yeah. The water guy, the water salesman, should have been clapped, <laughs> like, immediately. Right, right. Just for the, having the audacity to, like, speak that way to Boba. And I feel like, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I respect the character, right, for not going that route. But at the same time, like, I do kind of want that same guy in, you know, the sixth episode of the last season of Mandalorian where he, like, goes like wild on those stormtroopers like where is that guy i want the guy who had to be told not to disintegrate han solo to be this boba fett (laughs) well he did disintegrate one person in the first episode (laughs) i know but like wait who what he used his uh rocket his wrist rocket to that got blocked no oh the, the guy who was crawling on the wall yeah well, was... no body, no proof, so. <laughs> His <laughs> limbs flew out, though. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see it. Prove it. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like they kind of clipped his wings a little bit here. Um, yeah. You know, to to jump ahead a little bit, or jump back, I guess, the the biker gang. Jump, uh, jump back to get ahead, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching this episode with my sister, and she's like, this is like, if a pack of Zoomers made their way into well, now <laughs> into you're talking the Star about Wars the, universe. These like kids who stole the water, not yes. the 
other biker gang who the, are in the flashback, right? The, the yeah, the, the the modern um scene. The, I'm calling them the kitty the kitty biker gang. They just remind me of like all the stereotypes that you would put tribute to Gen Z and just but like. It put doesn't them in. make sense on Tatooine. It doesn't. They're not dressed for Tatooine, and those bikes are awful. Yeah, because <laughs> if because it, it but nobody else is dressed like them, and then they have these Back to the Future type rides. And I don't get I don't get the. And here's the thing: like I feel like the 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 lead of the of the group. I'm okay with. I think character design wise, she can fit, right? But you think um, she's the lead of the group, isn't she? I thought the Cyclops guy was. Oh, I don't know. I read it to mean it was her, she was the lead of it because they seem to focus more more like all most of the close up shots of of uh of the characters were on her. Yeah, but the guy with the one eye gets to go do the mission of tracking the pikes. I don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> well, this is clearly the the poor design of this part of the episode is it's uncomfortable to follow. It's too confusing. It, it you're too distracted with like their outfits to to stay like pay attention to the plot. Right, and it's disappointing that this is the muscle that Boba decides to go with yeah. and just lets Black Kersantan go at the end of this episode when technically he can owe you a life debt. I mean, you got Fennec who technically owes you a life debt for the, a similar thing. Not that I condone life debts, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like narratively, it makes more sense, right? Like, it just... You're all uh, about the indentured servitude, aren't you? I mean, I do come from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, yeah, that's a great point, because it's like, this was one of the only parts of the episode I liked, was the, uh, how do you pronounce his name, the Wookiee? Black Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum? Yeah. Chrysanthemums? Yeah. I just call him Chrysanthony, you know, just to... Croissants? I'll, I'll call him Croissant. Yeah. Black uh, Croissants. Him ripping Boba out of the back to tank. And that whole fight. That was the only good part of this episode. To Who me. would have thought Boba could, you know, put up a pretty good fight in nothing but his undies? But he doesn't. He's so weak. He, like, he needs everybody else to come in, which is like, hey, great. They're a loyal crew. They could have easily turned on him right here. Uh, Fennec only appears for the end of the fight. Listen, uh, man, you try to fight off a, you know, seven, eight foot tall Wookiee in just your underpants. Like, let's see how you fare. Well, he also had the benefit of being slippery. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, oh. where was Fennec in that whole fight? Then she just comes in and goes, like, oh, he's standing on that trap door. She was just vibing outside. I don't know. <laughs> the Gamorians also came in pretty um, pretty late to the fight. Yeah, but they, at least they came in with, like, actual weapons. The other guy had a yo-yo. Listen, that yo-yo could have been effective, okay? <laughs> It's environmentally friendly, okay? But like, and... <laughs> this is what you get when you hire these kids. It's like, they are not prepared for that fight. I saw, like, so this is, Robert Rodriguez who directed this episode, and people were throwing out terms like spy kids, like all this, and like, <laughs> in, in the first episode of the series, I said, I like that Robert Rodriguez is directing this because I hope he brings in that mariachi feel. Um, you know, if you ever see like uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, the Mariachi, that kind of thing, like that's the Robert Rodriguez that I'm very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot that Robert Rodriguez is also Spy Kids, you know, franchise director. Which, which is actually really funny because of that celebrity appearance, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, which I didn't mind that at all. I actually thought he fit in pretty well um, into the dynamic of Star Wars, but. Yeah, it it helped to salvage it a little bit. It's just that the the, the the biker gang on here, the chase sequence too with the mayor domo, um, was the slowest chase sequence I've seen since the Last Jedi. It's just not exciting, and maybe like I feel like we've seen chase sequences like that in Clone Wars, the animated series, and I feel like it would work in that format. But when it comes to life. It's just something about it that looks off. But the other thing, too, is like, can I just say, like, the I don't understand this aversion to having um, Boba Fett use his jetpack. Because I feel like this would have been yeah. a super cool sequence to see him flying and chasing this guy down on his jetpack. Well, he flies in at the end. 
Yeah, or he could have easily caught him with the jetpack, but instead, we it doesn't make sense. He has he has these kids go after him on these very slow bikes. It's kind of like watching, you know, you know, four elderly folks on their little, little like speed scooters go after like somebody in a shopping cart. Like that's the kind of pacing I got from this. It just felt it took me out of the episode so much. <laughs> yeah, and you're also not chasing the mayor. You're chasing his aide, which is like it's not as much on the line. It's kind of lower stakes. Right. And also that character is another one that should have been killed at this point for the disrespect that he shows. I mean, he is just like the messenger kind of a appeal, so I get it. And his death would send a message, hence messenger. So. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> we, we see what kind of ruler you would be. But I do agree. I think that's why I forgot about that when you said the two action sequences. I was like, yeah, I completely blocked that out because... It wasn't, it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Boba Fett has a jetpack with a rocket launcher on the back of it, and he uses it just to appear at the end. Like, th- this is not the Boba Fett we saw in Mandalorian, but it's basically the same timeline. Right. It's, it's after, which also, which it but makes it's even right less after. Sense. So it, yeah. it's just a continuation. It's not like 10 years later. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I expect. I hope they clean that up a little bit. And and maybe they are, right? And this again, this might be like a filler kind of episode. Um, which I'm 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 giving it the benefit of the doubt that that's what it is. And if it is, I hope the uh, you know, kitty biker gang, you know, Gen Gen Z folks, whatever, <laughs> take a little bit of a backseat here. Like I don't they want to focus. Will. I think I they're think gonna they get more of a role. I hope not, man. I I mean, I hope I don't want them to, but I feel like there, it's almost like why would you introduce them if you're not going to have them doing these like spy missions for him? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I'm I'm sure that's the route it's going. It's just I, I don't know. It, like that's still disappointing. But the the only other plot line that we need to talk about is the the twins, the huts. Beautifully CGI'd, by the way. I feel like this is the best CGI huts we've gotten since Phantom Menace. Yeah. Did I, I agree? I agree. Um, did you think that they were conjoined after the second episode no wait oh. you mean like physically yeah me and my friends were like texting about it afterwards and we're like yeah they're definitely like incestual conjoined twins that are supposed oh. to be really weird because we didn't see the tales uh I got the, the way it was cut vibes. off i got the incest vibes immediately you know Sweet but they Alabama looked like they were just kind of like merged slugs like, why else would you be sharing that platform? <laughs> I don't know, but now that you bring it up, I I feel like I have to go back and... Uh... Well, it doesn't matter, because now, in this episode, we get a more zoomed-out lens, and you can see distinctly that they have two different tails, so they're definitely not, but... And not that this is even a main plot line. I was just wondering. <laughs> no, they definitely gave me, like, incest vibes. <laughs> but, well, that's, um... that's heavy-handed, yeah, but... Um, not that this even matters to the plot line, but do you think do you buy them retreating, or do you think that's like a a long game that they're playing? Um, no, I, I I do I do buy that they're retreating just because they introduced the rancor here as a gift. Um, and of course the shows I don't think could sustain CGI huts and CGI rancors at the same time. Um, so I do think that they're gone. Um. That being said, I, I hope they return. They're interesting characters. I always like to see uh, different huts appear. Like those were some of the more fun episodes in Clone Wars. Some of those yeah, they, and we haven't really gotten a lot of backstory on like now Hutta or like their their homeworld at all. So I do hope we get to see them again. And I will. Can I say is is it like hut custom to like rub your sweat on the food that you're about to eat? Because <laughs> that helpless little rat thing that mm. uh, the male hut was holding he was like clearly rubbing it on his chest before he took a bite out of it yeah i think that was just supposed to be like they're not used to a planet as hot as tatooine but <laughs> and the, it, they are so interesting that i want more of them because one they're like cool looking crime bosses but also like they control so much space that we hardly ever hear about them or see them yeah, I, I hope we get off world a little bit in this show. 
uh, whether it be this season or maybe like a potential season two, because like the criminal underworld element were some of my favorite episodes in Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, when we had like the the Black Sun stuff with, with Darth Maul. All right. So you, you think that they actually are retreating. I, I agree. But probably because like what you said, like only because of the CGI budget, I think if if they had their way, it would kind of be like what we were talking about, what the Pikes were doing in the flashback of letting everyone kind of fight each other and then come back at the end. Yeah, like I, I'm sure they'll come back at some point, but I feel like for the time being, they probably are done with the with their time on the show. Yeah, um, but what about the their gift, the Rancor? Oh my God! Thank God. <laughs> um, I'm glad that there's gonna be a rancor in the rancor pit again. Yeah, the the pit was a little quiet down there. Yeah, I I, I liked it. I liked the delving a little bit deeper into the, you know, the the lore, I guess, of when it comes to the rancor. So, I guess because he saw Boba as the first human he sees, he's imprinted on him now. But here's the question: Is there more to that? Because uh, Danny Trejo's character says, "Like, don't worry, he'll be back." Like, was he saying that, like, "Oh, don't worry, the guy you just imprinted on will be back," or did he already imprint on him, and they're just, like plotting some sort of like assassination Trojan horse type thing? Um, I, I tend to kind of take it to. To, at face value, you know, and like I, I don't take anything as face value in this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem when you create this like show of liars. It's like, well, I won't believe anything until maybe the final end credits roll. True, but typically most of the guest roles that Danny Trejo has played um in past stuff has been like, you know, a little bit more straightforward, except for the breaking bad stuff. I feel like he definitely did play little bit of a well, it wasn't there. uh I, it's been a long time and i never actually watched all of them but didn't he play like a two-timing guy in spy kids no he was just like the the uncle yeah i thought he was like also a bad guy uh no they, they allude that he's the same machete from um from the machete franchise <laughs> uh but they never really make uh like they don't tie him in to to be evil in spy kids in the in those movies i mean well, also, maybe where's is... Machete 3, Robert Rodriguez? <laughs> like, give me a Machete 2, please. Or 3. I feel like there's more to this. I feel like he was so willing to be like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, imprint on him, knowing that he wouldn't actually be the one who imprints. Like, if he's going to be the Rancor trainer, why would he let someone else imprint on him, on the on the Rancor? Uh, yeah, true. I mean, I, I'm wondering, like, is there a difference between the Rancor Keeper and the Rancor Trainer? Because remember the uh, sequence in Return of the Jedi? The fat guy. Yeah, they don't, they don't, he's not I always love that character. Me too. He's like sobbing. <laughs> You're so emotional. <laughs> Although now it kind of makes sense, right? Because they give you the backstory of like, oh, like they're imprinted. Yeah. yeah, they have like, emo they're emotional beings. Um, but yeah, like if I don't know, I, I, I do kind of think that this is more of a simplistic, you know, he is imprinted on Boba. There's no like nefarious thing here, just only because I feel like narratively and again, putting on like a writer's cap here, I feel like they're building up to a moment where Boba will ride the Rancor by the end of the season um, to do something really, really cool for like a 30 second sequence or something like <laughs> Uh, so I don't necessarily think that there's anything nefarious with the Rancor himself. I feel like Boba's going to use it as muscle in some important event down the road. Mm. Which that was like a Easter egg line, right? When he said, I've written things 10 times as big. That was like a holiday special. Or what was that cartoon? Yeah, the, the, the holiday specials. Uh, they had an animated segment where it feels like that's kind of the... What did he ride it? It was I don't it was think like it was a, a crate dragon. It was, it was some like a sort dinosaur of or something like that. Yeah, but in in comic lore, back when like Dark Horse did the printing of these, Bo they used to put Boba in like some of the most outlandish stories, man. Uh, like Boba would fight Darth Vader, you know, hand to hand. 
he got into a lightsaber fight with him. He would hunt down Jedi for him. And like, while I thought that was cool in like on paper, I, I always felt like it was kind of ridiculous in concept, you know. <laughs> but I think that's the boba that people were kind of thinking that they were going to see here. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, this this guy's weak, <laughs> weak sauce. Well, like I I just expect him to be like just a man though you know i don't really expect all that much from him but even that i feel like in this but it's supposed to be like like... it's supposed to be like the reputation of a mandalorian that's like supposed to intimidate people and nobody seems to be as intimidated maybe because his armor is not pure chrome maybe or maybe uh, yeah i I don't know i kind of started to question boba's reputation in mando season two when um mayfield's character when they spring him out of uh of prison he sees boba at first he's like oh i thought you were some other guy and i was like why would you not recognize who boba fett is if he's right right like i would have been you know uh you know i i would have been terrified to my core (laughs) if i see if you were serving with uh what's what was it called now now i'm thinking first order but that's wrong the republic The the empire yeah Got, got Last Jedi on the brain. Sometimes you just can't <laughs> shake it. Uh, yeah, especially if you were serving with them, like you would recognize the bounty hunters that were on call. Yeah, he was like Darth Vader's go-to. Yeah. All right, so the last bit of this episode probably leads into the predictions, um, and it's pretty obvious on its face value, but the we, we talked about that like biker gang chase scene, which ultimately leads into... Um, the mayor's assistants uh, getting caught and saying that the mayor is partnering with the Pikes. I knew it. I knew that guy wasn't to be trusted. Also, the uh, like, I think it might be the first live-action Melu, right? The fruit. Uh oh yeah, yeah. And for once, R two D two is not on a mission to get him for three for a three episode arc. <laughs> get him to get the fruit right was that could the ima- episodes? yeah could you imagine if we get like a droid episode oh god as long as they're not on the way to pick up fruit for a cake i'm fine with whatever <laughs> they have lined or up. stranded on a desert planet yeah oh god uh but where do you th- where do you see this taking us for the for the future episodes i'm gonna beat the same drum that i beat two episodes ago i feel like bang it found this coming um, I feel like uh, Darth Maul's little crime syndicate from before is going to peek its head up. Whether it's Amelia Clark's character running the show or somebody else. Fingers crossed. I have a strong feeling that that's the route that we're heading in. Um, only because the Pikes are involved now. And so if you remember from Clone Wars, the last, especially the last couple episodes, the Pikes were part of that crime syndicate that Maul had formed up. So uh that's where i think it's going i think crimson dawn's going to be the prime enemy um but it's you know we're going to segue there through the pikes it just Uh, is like that's a lot to accomplish with how slow they're going and they only were it's not even but we're basically halfway through the season just under yeah but i i feel like they've you know, they keep calling this a limited series, or they, they, no, sorry, they used to be called the, call the, they used to call this a limited series. But I have a strong feeling that after the strong performance of Mandalorian season one and two, they pivoted at some point and they're trying to drop a larger story here. Cause remember that um, Disney Plus Investors Day thing announcement yeah. that where Kathleen Kennedy was basically saying, like, oh, we're, the Ahsoka show, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, they're all going to link into this bigger story. Um, so I don't know. Like, I have a feeling that they're just setting the ground up for what season two and beyond is going to showcase here. But I, I do feel like we're going to see, you know, Boba's corner of the universe here. And eventually it's going to meld in to something grander, obviously. But I, I, I feel like Crimson Dawn makes sense here. Like, that's going to be Boba's biggest beef, I guess, with in his show is to get rid of Crimson Dawn. It would be really cool if like each show builds a new show. So like Mandalorian built Book of Boba Fett. If Book of Boba Fett could build like a Crimson Dawn show. That would be cool. Like where they just continuously like feed into each other where it's like the main, you know, enemy or whatever uh, antagonist of whatever current show you're watching gets its own spinoff show. I think like 
Disney Star Wars could handle that in a way that would work well. I'm going to one-up my theory here a little bit and just say this. I feel like only because of the reaction to the Luke Skywalker cameo at the end of Mando Season 2, I have a Mm. strong feeling we're going to get a Luke Skywalker-like moment in this show. Um, And by that, I mean, you know, whether it's a Han Solo cameo or somebody from the original trilogy, I feel like we're going to get something like that. And I have a feeling that these cameos from the original trilogy actors are segueing us into what could be a soft reboot kind of thing for those original that original cast. Because I feel like Disney almost felt like apologetic in what they did with uh, with Luke and in, in, in Mandalorian season two. It's almost like they want to go back and revisit these characters after they realize they fumbled the sequel trilogy a little bit. Yeah, I wonder who that would be. I will make the assumption that it'll probably be Harrison Ford and they'll just de-age him a bit. Because, you know, you've got the living, breathing guy. I mean, he, he, they're filming Indiana Jones. Or they were filming Indiana Jones while this was being shot. So, you know, Lucasfilm kind of attempts to film in the same lots, you know, their, their stuff. So it, would, it wouldn't be out of the question to just go over to Harrison Ford and be like, hey, can we borrow you for 15 minutes and just do this thing for us real quick? Like, I'm sure they'll cut a bad enough check for him not to say no. Right. I could also see, like, a Chewbacca appearing or something like that. I want Chewbacca to, you know, play a little fisticuffs with the Black Chrysanthemum there. I mean, we, we know Chewbacca would win that. Of course, it's true. You could rip your you know, arms out of your socket. What's the phrase? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I can't make any like big predictions outside of where it feels like it's obviously going. I think the only thing is like what we talked about. There's probably going to be. I, I would I would venture to guess that there's going to be at least two more flashback type episodes. So the next one will be him uncovering. Like encountering the uh, that biker gang uh, in the flashback, not the kid one, and then I think learning something from that, and then one more episode to clean up that, and that would be five total episodes of flashbacks, leaving two with no flashbacks, and one dedicated to Boba finding and reuniting with the Tuscan honey that he that he thinks is dead but is actually alive, and they go off and have kids together. And I thought he put less. that body on the pile. You know, I'm going to pretend we didn't see that at all. Oh, putting the little kid say. staff on there was really tough to see, though. That was sad. Not even the youngling survived. <laughs> <laughs> but that Tusk, that Tuscan was such a baddie. I hope she shows up again <laughs> at some point. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, you feel like that? that's a I feel like we've labored this episode enough I, there wasn't that much extra there no there wasn't really a lot like i feel like we we did get a few cute cool little things you know the danny trejo thing was great um it, it's interesting because i didn't think about to distrust him at all but now that you kind of bring it up i'm like hmm, you might be onto something um i just feel like this is the type of show to be like let's just create as many liars at this table as possible just because it's you know it's Tatooine and everyone here is some sort of scum and villainry. I'm you still know. waiting on my uh, Disney Plus Kanja Club series. Like, <laughs> Build that can, the Kanja Club. Can, can we get that, please, like at some point? But I feel like everybody's, you know, making a, pull, a play for the throne and everybody's taking a shot. And even if they miss, I feel like it not going to stop them from taking a second shot so that's why i'm skeptical of the huts actually being out of this now but uh, you might be right time will tell you might be right i'm you know if, if there's anything that i wish will happen before this series is over i hope boba picks up his uh com link and just hits up all his old bounty hunter buddies and was like hey bosk come over here i got a job for you i mean i would love to see like an epic final shootout um at Jabba's palace or somewhere. Yeah, give us like a seven samurai kind of thing. Like a showdown with all the bounty hunters having Boba's back, you know, because I feel like it's in their best interest to have their like longtime buddy there run things, right? Yeah. 
All right, so I think we end it there. Uh, we'll pick it back up with chapter four. Looking forward to it. I hope it picks up. Me too. Me Please. too. <laughs> but on that note, thanks for listening. <laughs>